Um, and today I've titled my sermon, um, Living on Purpose. Thanks to my beautiful wife, she coined that for me. Um, if I had come up with it myself, I was probably going to bring something that was preacheresque, which just describes what I'm going to be saying. <laughs> so I thought this was really smart. Uh, living on purpose, pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, so this morning I want to talk about time and managing our time. Um, God calls us to purpose, but there's time um, that we have, and all of us have the same amount of time um, in each and every day um, that we, we, we have. And um, there's something called procrastination. Uh, oh, yes, I can hear the collective groans. I'm with you. Sisonke. <laughs> same WhatsApp group. <laughs> Um, I've got a couple of, of jokes about procrastination this morning. Um, the first one is that there was a lady who suffered from procrastination, um, and she realized that she had a problem, and so she decided that she needed to seek help. And she said to herself, one day I will go out and seek help so that I will stop procrastinating. <laughs> and, then, and then there's another lady who also realized that she had a problem with procrastination, and she also liked the first one. It was a man this time. <laughs> okay, so this time there was a man <laughs> who had the same problem as the lady. <laughs> and they also realized that the procrastination is a thing and they need help with it. Um, so this one was a bit more proactive. I'm not sure you're going to like this. <laughs> and they actually posted online and they asked people and they said... Is there a rehab for procrastination? And then the answer was, yes, there is a rehab for procrastination, but the owner has not opened it yet. <laughs> okay, last one. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself here. Um, procrastination is like a credit card. It's lots of fun until you get the bill. Um, And and that's the unfortunate thing with procrastination Is that there's always a cost um, that comes with it There's always something that you forego As a result of partnering with procrastination Um, And we all have 24 hours in a day If you thought you had more, sorry I'm here to, I'm the bearer of bad news for you You only have 24 and 7 days a week um, so that's the same for all of us, and we, we need to make those count because um, the time that we have is the time that we, we determines who and what we become. And a lot of times um, we, we might not really um, manage our time well so that we can do all those things that we need to do in order to get there, and also sometimes... Um, we might not even know what things we need to do practically on a day-to-day basis um, in order for us to reach our purpose or to come to our purpose. And we might think that this is not a spiritual problem. We might think this is just a human problem. Oh, okay, I have a problem managing my time. Um, but um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for his good works, um, that God has... Um, that God has prepared beforehand that we may live in them. So it doesn't say that we may know about the purpose 
but it says that we may live in them. So this, this scripture talks about a prophetic destiny. It talks about the fact that God has made you for something and that's who he wants you to be. But it's not just an idea that we need to live with that one day or when the time comes or when something shifts magically, I will get there. But this is a, a prophetic destiny is something that we need to outwork. It's something that we need to deliberately walk out in our lives and it's a practical thing. You know, so we need to bring it down to practicalities and that's really what I want to go into this morning. So can we just pray that Christ can also give us the strength to be as vehement and protect um, our, our, our purpose and our destiny and our time just like he was protecting the temple. Um, Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, um, for everything that you've done in our lives, for everything that you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you speak your word into each and every heart, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are shaping us right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Um, last week we, we, we spoke a bit about purpose. Um, I'll just define it very quickly. Um, the first thing to, to, to note about purpose is that it's not a destination, but it's a direction. Um, just like the signpost that you'll see up there, it's directing us, it's pointing us somewhere. So in order for you to get somewhere, there's something that needs to happen physically. Um, and also what definition, the definition of purpose is, it's the reason for something to be done or created or the reason for it to exist. Um, so the, the thing about purpose is that sometimes when we think about purpose, we might only think about um, that you need to be a pastor, you know, or you need to work for the church, and that's when you fulfill your purpose, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, because God, God has called us into every sphere of society. And he said we must go there and we must be fruitful and multiply, have dominion and subdue it or govern over it. So I, I know that I'm called to being here in church and to be in and around church and to help others do ministry. So that means I can't be out there governing, governing things and changing um, laws and, and, and making sure that they're aligned with God. We need people to do that. You know, so whether you call to the marketplace, whether whatever it is that you're doing, God has a purpose for you. God works in every sphere. He doesn't just work in the church. Um, but also if you look at Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, I know all those who do DMC have already recited it in their minds. I didn't even put it up this morning because all of you should know it. Um, it says, <laughs> should, we, should we test this theory? Okay, everyone who's done DMC, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up. Um, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 said, Okay, okay, okay. Let's start again. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to, came, and came to them and saying, All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things as I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Until the end of age, amen. <laughs> um, so I don't know if anyone has discipled one person. Who's discipled just one person in their lifetime? Please put your hand up. Don't be shy. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. 
Discipling people for God is a good thing. So don't be shy to put up your hand. How, how much time did it take you to do it? And how much effort did it take you to do? A lot, eh? But this scripture is talking to us about discipling entire nations. Do you know how big an entire nation is? Like I'm talking about, sometimes you have to disciple one person and it takes so much time. And then you come to a group, just a group of people. And then it comes to a city and then it comes to a pro- the entire nation. Can you hear what this scripture is talking about? So this scripture is telling us that this is not going to be done by people who wear suits in the morning and come and preach on a Sunday. This is going to be done by everyone who calls themselves a Christian and says, God, I'm partnering with you in this. And this is our purpose. Um, But within our purpose, we can find um, it it becomes tailor-made to us. So these are very broad things, um, and you can't really find yourself per se in them. They're very general things. Um, But then God gives us a particular vision, a specific vision for just for you. Not for you and the person next to you, just for you. Um, and vision is actually God's um, kingdom coming and influencing your life. It's coming and shaping your life and shaping your direction and to bring you into your prophetic destiny. Um, and Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, write the vision and make it clear so that those who see it may run with it. So it's very important that we write it out. It's very, this scripture is very practical. Write the vision. Because sometimes what we try to do is we try to have it in our head. Like, ah, no, I have an idea. You know, but what happens is if you, don't, if you have an idea and you're not really sure how to get there, it just remains that idea. And I want to help you this morning in finding what are the things that um, typically would be a vision from God. Um, the first thing is that we called to relationship before possessions or material things. So sometimes we can think about purpose and we can think about, oh, I need to own this skyscraper and I need to own this um, car. And, you know, we can think about material possessions. Oh, I need to live in this beautiful house. That's all good and well. I don't have a problem with those things. But we are called to relationship before possessions. And the most important thing for God on this earth is people and not things. Matthew 2 verse 35 to 39, it says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. That is the first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Relationship. People. What's the most important thing that you want us to do? People. Love people. So in all of those people, you can think about your son, you can think about your daughter, you can think about your mother, your father, you can think about your friends, your sister, your brother. So we have a purpose to be a sister. You have a purpose to be a brother. You have a purpose to be a mother. And that is part of your God-given purpose. Because sometimes you can just think, oh, it's that big thing that I will do. And you forget that God has very strategically put you. He could have put you in any of the countries in the world, but he chose to put you, to, 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 that you be born in your particular family. There's a reason, there's a purpose. And you need to work out that purpose and you need to live it out in that family. You need to do your work within that family. Whether it is a father, whether it's a dad, a brother, whatever it is, find out what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live that up and live that out. 
What about those who don't have families? Matthew 9, verse 35, it says, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be um, last of all and servant of all. Still relationship. This greatness that we all yearn for, Jesus points it to being a servant. So whatever it is, wherever you go, I know sometimes when, when, when you are being a servant, you might find yourself in lofty positions when you do get a lot of stuff. And that's great. Because when you work hard, then it's good for you to receive a lot of honor and a lot of stuff so that you live comfortably. But then that's not the paramount thing. The paramount thing is not the stuff that you get with your title. It's who are you serving and are you doing it well? Are you serving God in what you're doing? Are you bringing glory to Him? Are you working His will in whatever sphere, in whatever place He has placed you? So we, we need to set clear vision because that's what the Bible says. It says write it and make it clear. So it needs to be measurable and clear. And let's look at a couple of things. These are suggestions. Mostly in everyone's life, these are the most important things of the seven of them that you need to work at in your own life, in your own vision. Um, helping you write your vision this morning. Come on. Um, so the first one is spiritually. Spiritually, we need to have a vision. Sometimes we're just like, oh, okay, I've given my life to God. I will see. Uh, whatever. Well, as the Spirit leads. <laughs> Sometimes as the spirit leads means God is going to come and intervene. And sometimes as the spirit leads means whatever happens will happen. Like we'll see. I don't want to plan. I don't want to be responsible for this. Um, So the first thing spiritually that we need to have a purpose for and we need to plan for and have a vision is prayer. How many times have you spoken to someone And they said to you, please pray for me, my brother. Please pray for me, my sister. And you say, I will pray for you. And then you leave that conversation and you meet someone else and you talk about football and you talk about, I don't know what else you're going to talk about. You talk about work and then you get home and you're busy and then you go sleep. And then the next time you see that person, I forgot to pray for you. And as you mature as a Christian, the more things you need to pray for, the more people you need to pray for. And I'm going to tell you now, if you're thinking you're going to be able to do a prayer life without you writing it down and having an action plan for it, you're kidding yourself. It's just not going to happen. The other thing is word. Um, Psalm 1 verse 2 says, Blessed is he whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. And he shall bear fruit in its season. And his leaf shall not wither. And everything he puts his hand to will prosper. Everything he puts his hand to will prosper. Sometimes we neglect the word, but we want to prosper. Sometimes we neglect the word, but we still want to go forward. It's so important for us to, 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 to think about these things and have a plan because the word turns out our purpose. 
Other things spiritually is hearing God, partnering with Him. But I won't go into that one. Relationally, like I was saying, God calls us to relationship and there's a purpose there. So we have a purpose with family, we have a purpose with, um, with, 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 with friends, with colleagues, with the lost. We have a purpose there. And you need to work it out in your own life. What is it that God is calling you to specifically in this big, broad purpose of go out and, multi, uh, uh, go out and make disciples? How are you supposed to make disciples specifically in your own life? You might also think relationally, you know what, at the end of my life, I want to see, I want to have a good relationship with my family. I want to have a good relationship with my wife. I want to have a good relationship with my, with my, with my children. That's not something that's just going to happen. That's something that you need to work at intentionally every single day. If you want to have good friends, let me tell you something. They're not just going to magically fall off a tree. And they're not going to come knowing you and knowing exactly what to do for you. You need to take time. You need to invest in that. You, 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 need, to, you need to communicate with those people. You need to communicate expectations. You need to be there for them and you, they need to be there for you. What does that take? Time. Reading scripture, praying. What does that take? Time. And then there's vocation. Vocation is basically an old word for work found in the Bible. And what it means is that it comes from a voice of God. So vocation is actually God calling you into something. What has God called you into in this earth? Whether it's in the marketplace or whether it's in the church, He has called you to do something. And if He calls you to do something, He partners with you and He walks with you. And you need to plan time for that. Also ministry and serving. This could be the same as your vocation or they could be separate. And that's in and out of church. Also economically. Some of us, we, we just like, we, we don't think about money. We don't think about what God's purpose is for our money. And what he would like us to do. We don't partner with him with that. Partner with him with everything else. But ah, God, don't touch my mind. <laughs> but church... God is, is, very, is very concerned about every aspect of our life, even in our finances. And he gives us such good counsel. When I actually surrendered myself and I listened to God and I sought him out for what I was supposed to do with my finances, I, the, the results have been overwhelming. You know that God can even tell you not to take debt or to take debt? Do you know that? That those aren't decisions you have to make by yourself where you're like, ish. If I do, or should I, or any mini mini more, you know that? <laughs> so, whether you are giving, how much you're gonna give, how much you're gonna save, how much you're gonna invest, let God be in that. But you need to plan that, and that is a deliberate thing that needs time. I thought eventually you were gonna say it with me time. <laughs> um, physically as well. All of us want summer bodies. All of us want to live healthy. Thank God for you, Derek. Um, that was such a powerful testimony this morning. Um, but we've also got a vision from God to be healthy. And part of that means looking after our bodies. And that also takes what? And also something very important, which is rest. 
Jesus said this about the Sabbath. He said the Sabbath is not, um, the, the, the men are not for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is for man. What he meant by that is I haven't created this day where now men are supposed to come under the yoke of and it's going to make them even more tired and even more weary. But I've created a day where men can rest. So that day is made for them and not the other way around. So it's very important to God and for us that we, we rest, that we make time to rest, that we, we, because finding time to rest never happens. <laughs> we need to make time to rest and resting doesn't just mean sleeping, but sleeping is a good part of it. Um, but also it means vacation, it means entertainment, um, and also rest gives us more energy. If you're resting well, it actually gives you more energy. If you're a scientist like Dr. Derek, they, they, they also, they're also in the same WhatsApp group there. They, they, they agree that if you rest well, then it gives you energy. It gives you more energy to do everything that you need to do. So God thought about this, but then we've got this vision. And can you, can you agree with me that that's a lot? All the people who have babies are like, yo, where am I going to find time for all of these things? You know, because life always happens. There's always stuff. That brings me to the mission. Uh, I'm, I'm calling mission, or I'll define mission as the day-to-day things or the practical things that we do to accomplish our vision or our prophetic destiny. So if we don't schedule our time or our vision, our dream will be a figment of our imagination. And it will never really come to pass. If we don't set up times where we're saying, you know what, this is the time where I'm going to exercise. This is the time where I'm going to work on the word. This is the time where I'm going to pray. This is the time where I'm going to go to work. This is the time. This is the time. This is. If we don't do that, a lot of these things will end up not happening. If you're saying, you know what, I do not want um, my children to grow up not knowing me. But then you don't take time. To make sure that you spend a, an, an amount of time with your children every single day or every single year or at particular time of the year, actually it should be all, all of the above. If, you don't, if you're not deliberate about doing that, then that will become just a figment of your imagination. Just a good, um, a, a noble um, thought that you had. That I want my children to know me. This is what Miles Monroe said. He said, the graveyards are full of great men and women who have never become great because they did not give their ability responsibility. All of us come with ability. All of us come with talents and gifts. But if we don't attach them to responsibility, if we don't say, this is what I'm committing to, then they become just that, potential. They remain just as potential. He could have been so great. It could have been so great. He could have done so much, but he didn't do it. J.R. was talking about money and life. My two cents on that is that money wasted, it's bad, but it's still okay. But time wasted is actually wasting life itself. You cannot get time back. You cannot get your life back. Every single second that ticks, that's your life. Tick-tock, life go. Tick-tock, life go. 
That's why it becomes so imperative that we guard our time and we are beast about what we do with our time. So let's look at some of the things that can distract us from this. Actually, let's, let's first talk about what we need to do. First thing we need to do is we need to schedule our time with God. And what I mean by that is not we need to schedule our quiet time. I mean we need to schedule all of our time with God, all 24 hours, all seven days in the week. We need to schedule them with God. He needs to have insight into that. You don't sit there and let God switch off and then, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then, okay, God, this is your time. Leave me alone for the rest. No. He's there with you. He's your partner. Psalm 32, verse 8 to 9 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which has no understanding, which must be harnessed and with bit and brittle, else they will not come near you. Shouldn't be a chore for God to work with us. Should be in sync with him. So what happens with unscheduled time is that the dominant of the world take it. The dominant of the world will take it. So if you're sitting there with all this time and you don't have a plan for it, someone has a plan for it. Think about your day. You, you can wake up in the morning, your employer has scheduled or your business has scheduled an amount of time that you need to spend with it. And after that time comes, there's things like TV, there's things like series, there's a whole lot of other things that have scheduled your time for you. Do you know why there's a TV guide or a TV schedule? Because that's what it is. It's a schedule. They've thought about, okay, this is their time. This is when they come back from work. So this is what we want to do, them to do during this time. So if we don't take that, if, we, if we're flimsy about this, if we're thinking, ah, no, we'll just see what will happen. There is someone who's going to schedule your time for you. And I'd much rather that be God. I'd much rather him tell me what I'm supposed to do because he's the one who knows my purpose and he's the one who knows why I'm here. So I don't want someone whoever's running some other production company to schedule my time for entertainment when I'm supposed to be studying the word. I don't want someone else to schedule my time for something else when this is what I'm supposed to be doing during that time. Another thing that happens within scheduled time is that it's snapped out by emergencies. What we like to call the tyranny of the urgent. There will always be urgent things. And if you don't schedule your time, you'll always gravitate to them. If you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, everything that is urgent, it will pull you. But remember, I said there's a vision. There's something that you're going after. And if you pull the side by every other thing, are you still walking towards where you're supposed to be walking? I said vision is a deliberate thing. It's very specific, and you need to walk in it. And that's why I'm saying this mission, it means it's a practical way of how we're going to walk with these things. Because there's a lot of different things here, and the mind forgets. So you might have it in your mind that, you know what, I need to, to work out. But there's so many other pressures that are around you and so many other urgent things that are around you. But you find yourself not doing maybe three out of, of seven of these things that I was mentioning. And then at some point, you find that, oh, I've been neglecting these three things and I've only been doing these things. So I'm going to leave these now and I'm going to run to these three things and I'm going to try and do these. 
But then these things are also lagging behind. Now you're here with these ones and these ones are also... And then you have to run back here. And, and What happens? Burnout. You're tired. You're unproductive. You can't do things well. Why? Because you haven't thought about everything and made everything move together. And that's what we're called to. We don't have a bigger purpose and a smaller purpose. God doesn't say, uh, yeah, you must be father to this one. That's a big purpose. But then uh, it's fine. Don't disciple anyone. Don't disciple nations. No. We are called to, to the same things. And we need to hold them in a balance. And that needs great time management. And I'd like to... I'd like to set a lot of you free this morning um, with that, from this tyranny of, of the urgent. Proverbs 3, verse 32 to 28. It talks about the fact that you mustn't withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. The important thing to note there, it says, when you have it in your hand to do so. But then if you don't have a purpose and you don't know where you're going or this vision before you always, then you always think you have it in your hand to do it. But then sometimes even if I have the money... If the purpose or the vision for that money is to sow it into someone, something or to give it to someone else, I won't be able to give it to you because there's already a purpose for this money. There's already something I want to do with this money. Or if someone wants to come and borrow money from you or something for you, you can't give it because it's going to be working elsewhere. It's already taken care it's, it's, it's already um, provided for or it's already um, scheduled, <laughs> if you may. So, so it's, 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 it's very important for us to know that as Christians, we are not um, slaves to saying yes and solving everything and everyone. We are not God. God is God. And if someone has a problem, God will see them through it. If you can't be the outlet through which he does it, someone else will be. But if it is in your hand to help them, then be a Christian and help them. It's very important to learn to say no. Or I can't, or sorry, not this time. That doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you like a a fallen Christian. That makes you a good steward of God's time and resources. And makes you a good um, steward of your own purpose and vision that God has given you. We can't, um, we can't, we can't leave our purpose at the hands of others. We need to grab it with our own two hands. And that's why God has called us here. We need to work it out practically in our own lives. So, in closing, there's purpose, 
There's vision, which needs to be very clear, and it needs to be written out. We need to know exactly what it is. And we need to have a plan of how we're going to walk out that vision, practically, day-to-day life. If you're thinking, I am not going to cheat on my wife, what are the practical steps that you're going to take on making sure that at the end of your wife, you can look her in the eye and say, I never did anything with anyone else. If you want to spend your life working and making sure that um, in the education sector, Christian, Christianity and Christian principles have come out and people are actually being educated, whatever God has placed in your heart, what are you going to do? What are the practical measures and steps that you're going to make in order to see that happening at the end of time? I have a little theory. It's a bit naughty. But we've, heard, we've all heard the saying of grumpy old men and old women. I think it might come from the fact that they missed opportunities. That a lot of stuff that they were supposed to do or they imagined, they never really set out plans and outrolled and walked with God to accomplishing them. So now they're bitter and they're angry. That's just me. That's not in the Bible. (laughs) And I know I'm being naughty. (laughs) Um, There's a question that Oscar Mariu asked. He says, are the things that you are living for worth Christ dying for? Are the things that you are living for worth Christ dying for? That big, that big sacrifice that Jesus made. Is it so that we can waste our time? Is it so that we cannot walk in his purposes? Is it so that we cannot channel our, our appetites and our things so that we walk in whatever he wanted us to? Yeah. 